Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Discussing Resurrection by Neville Goddard. Yay. Okay. Check the YouTube streets. Make sure we're live. <laughs> That's always a good thing. All right. Okay. Looks like we're live and ready to rock and roll. So tonight, welcome to the Indigo Room. I'm your host, Sydney Chase. And this is where we discuss all things spiritual. And by that, I mean that we are non-physical spiritual beings having physical human experiences. Life is supposed to be good. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be delicious, even when it's wiki-wacky. And <laughs> I don't know why this is that. Hi, 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 hi. Oh, it seems to be working. Okay. I don't see it. It doesn't show up for me. And I'm thinking I'm sitting here by myself. Hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> it wasn't showing you guys. I don't know what happened. I don't know. But I'm glad that you're here. Yay. Okay. All right. So, Linda, it's working. Oh, thank you, Barb. Thank you. It's a top. It's a top. So, here's some sage. So, um, since we're already three minutes in, and I thought that it wasn't working, but it was. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Indigo Room. You know what? This is where we discuss all things spiritual. And tonight, we are reading Resurrection by Neville Goddard. And I want to thank you all for being here with us tonight. We're going to get started as quickly as possible. And we'll leave all of the other stuff or, you know, towards the end or the middle, take a little break. Um, hi, Linda. Hi, Barb. Yay. Thank you for being here. And I wanted to also encourage you all, if you haven't done so already, I am rereading Spiritual Growth by Oren and Deben. I don't know if you guys have ever read this, but I read it. I've Well, you can see, like, you know, it's kind of kind of beat down. I've had it for a very long time, and it's a really great book. Very helpful. A lot of wonderful tools. I read. I got this book. I think in 1999, and it was um, a mainstay for me for a long time. And then I got away from them, but I started rereading them again this year, and oh, whew, so delicious. I also am going to share with you something that happened to me. If you didn't look at my Instagram and Facebook this week, I got locked out of my apartment. 
Linda said, spiritual growth is the book. It is, right? Oh my goodness. You got to get ready. You got to really read it again. If, you, if you've read it before, reread it. If you've never read it, get it and read it because like Linda said, it is the book. Okay, so um, we're gonna tickle our amygdala before we get started. And we are on chapter 18 of Resurrection, Neville Goddard. Desire is the word of God. I don't know if you can see it. Desire is the word of God. That's what we're on. That's what we're reading tonight. And it's a really short chapter. But he's talking about the I am presence, which is what we do anyway on Wednesday nights here in the Indigo Room. And um, I had a really great experience. And I'll tell you about that after we tickle our amygdala. So I want you to get your feather. Hey, Funky. Funky's in the house. Hi, Funky, Delicia. <laughs> Funky double zero, like 007. I want you to find your feather, go get your feather, your imaginary feather. And if you've never tickled your amygdala before, you have no idea where it is. It is right here on either side of your temple. It's like a brain hack for your mind. Opens up your frontal lobe, helps you be able to process information better, quicker, and it makes you feel good. So if you, you know, feeling kind of wicky-wacky, this is a really great way for you to um, feel good. You know, even if you just feel good for a little while, it's always a great thing. So we're gonna tickle our amygdala and then we'll get into the book tonight. So um, grab your feather, your imaginary feather, right? You know the drill if you've been here. If you're new and you're watching up in the bushes and you haven't come down into the chat, we're going to explain this to you. This is a, a, a technique that will help you to flex your imagination muscle. Because what we talk about in the indigo room is creating your reality with your imagination. So you're going to grab a feather. You're going to imagine that you have a feather in your hand. You're going to close your eyes right now. Close your eyes. Imagine that you have a feather in your hand. Just imagine it. Feel the feather. What does it look like? What does it look like? What color is it? Is it a stiff feather? Is it a little feather? Is it a big feather? Is it soft? Is it bristly? And then you're just gonna feel the edges of your feather. You're gonna feel it. Imagine that you really, you're feeling the feather right now. You imagine that you're feeling the feather. And what color is it? Mine is purple, gold, a little bit of blue, some white. And I'm feeling the bristles. Yep, got it in your imagination. Okay, so now you're gonna take the feather and lift it up to the center of your forehead. And then you're gonna slide the feather over and tickle the amygdala on the right. And then you're gonna slide the feather over and tickle the amygdala on the left. And then, you know, don't forget to pull your feather out because I don't want you walking around with a feather in your forehead. <laughs> That should make you smile. And if it doesn't, keep trying until it does. Okay. So now that we got rid of the wiki wacky, we're moving into Resurrection, the book by Neville Goddard. And desire is the word of God. So we're going to read a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit. We're going to read a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit. 
So I'm going to get started right now. So shall my word be, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Now that is a scripture from the Bible. Now, a lot of times we think that that it's talking about just God, but we're going to read further and find out that it's really talking to us. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. God speaks to you through the medium of your basic desires. Your basic desires are words of promise or prophecies that contain within themselves the plan and the power of expression. By basic desire is meant your real objective. And so we know that the objective is whatever it is that we wanted to be, do, and create, right? That is the objective. That is the goal. So our basic desire is meant your real objective. Secondary desires deal with the manner of realization. God, your I am, speaks to you. The conditioned conscious state through your basic desires. Secondary desires or ways of expression are the secrets of your I am. The all-wise father. Your father, I am, reveals the first and last. You know, when he says I'm the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end. But never does he reveal the middle. <laughs> you know, when we get caught up in the middle, you know, like, you know, like when you're in the eye of the storm, never does he reveal the middle, the middle part <laughs> of his ways. That is the first is revealed as the word, your, your basic desire. The last is its fulfillment, the word made flesh. The second or middle the plan of unfoldment is never revealed to man, but remains forever the father's secret. So when we talk about creating our reality or manifesting our reality, we don't talk about the how. We talk about, we talk about the beginning, the desire, we, what we're asking for, what we're choosing to create. And then we talk about the end, you know, Neville says, live in the end. Imagine what it is that you want to be, do, and have, and then get to the end of it. Never does the Bible talk about the middle part, like how it's going to happen. The how is not our job. It is the what, the why, and the end. That's it. That's all it is. So it says, for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life 
the words of prophecy spoken of in the book of Revelation are your basic desires, which must be, which must not be further conditioned. Excuse me. Man is, or woman, is constantly adding to and taking from these words, not knowing that the basic desire contains the plan and power of expression. Man is always compromising and complicating his desires. Here's an illustration of what man does to the word of prophecy, his desires. Man desires freedom from his limitations or problems. The first thing he does after he decide, defines his objective is to condition it upon something else. He begins to speculate on the manner of acquiring it. You know, like, how am I gonna get this job? How am I gonna get this money? How am I gonna get this house? How am I gonna get this man or this woman? How am I gonna get this relationship? How am I gonna get healthy? How am I, how am I, how am I, how am I, how am I? Sound like Ralph Cramden. Humana, 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 humana. So not knowing the thing, not knowing that the thing desired has a way of expression all of its own, he starts planning how he is going to get it, thereby adding to the word of God. If on the other hand, he has no plan or conception as to the fulfillment of his desire, then he compromises his desire by modifying it, right? So if you ask for a million dollars and then you realize, oh, well, you know, God's probably not gonna give me that. Okay, let, let, me, let, me, let me drop it down a little bit. How about 10,000, God? Can you work out 10? Hey, Susan. Hi, my beautiful sister's here. Yay! She got my, that's my front and my back, my sister. That's my front and my back. So we start by modifying it. He feels or she feels that if he or she will be satisfied with less than his basic desire, then he might have a better chance of realizing it. In doing so, he takes from the word of God he takes from the word of God. So in so doing that, he's taking away from the word of God. He's taking, he's compromising the word of God. And if you remember when we first started, the book of Revelation says that I testify unto every man that heareth the words of this prophecy of this book. If any man and woman shall, shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the prophecy, the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. So we got that all completely wrong, okay? You know, like when you go to church and they tell you that the Bible is the word of God, and you should not add to it or take from it. We got it messed up because we find out that the word of God is what comes forth from our mouth. Our mouth. It's our desires. It is our 
um, first real desire, our basic desire is meant by our real objective. And the secondary desire deals with its manner of realization. So it's the end. So we have the beginning and we have the end, but we don't have the middle because that's not our job to figure out how the, the how. It's God's job to do that. It's spirit's job to do that. It's the universe's job to figure out that part. Our part is to decide what it is. Okay, you know, I need, I want food today. I want to eat. You're not supposed to be figuring out how you're going to eat. You want to eat. Then you get to the end. You imagine yourself eating and you allow God to figure out the how. Funke says, wow. Interesting. Makes more sense, right? It makes a lot more sense when you look at it the way Neville is looking at it, the way Neville shows us how to look at it, your desire, right, Linda? Linda says, don't mess. You know what? I forgot I could do this. I forgot I could do this. Let me show. Funke said, interesting, it makes more sense. I forgot I could do that. And Linda says, don't mess with the middle. Absolutely. We do not mess with the middle. So it's the beginning and the end. I am the alpha. I am, remember, I am the alpha and the omega. Doesn't say anything about the middle. Doesn't say anything about the how. It's our job to determine what the objective is and then live in the end. And don't worry about, the, don't worry about how it's going to come. It's hard to do sometimes though, because you know, we've been taught, you know, you gotta figure out what it is you want and then you gotta figure out how you're gonna get it. And then you gotta get, you know, you gotta work real hard. You gotta work real hard and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta figure out all the, we don't, you gotta figure out, you gotta figure it out. It would be so much easier and such a relief to us if we were taught the truth is Figure out what you want, then go live in the end in your imagination. Imagine that it's already done. Thank God, thank I am that it's already done. And don't worry about the middle. Like Linda said, don't mess with the middle. <laughs> don't mess with the middle. Okay. Barb says, it sure does make sense. It sure does make sense, Linda. Okay, so let's get back to the reading. I'm glad, I'm glad it's making sense to everybody. Okay, so we compromise our desire by modifying it because we don't believe that we can have what we asked for. And that is adding to the word of God. He feels or she feels that if he will be satisfied with less than his basic desire, then he might have a better chance of getting it. I know that I've done that. Have you guys done that? You know, when you go, okay, all right, you know what, God? Okay, how about this? How about this? Listen, okay, never mind about the Lamborghini, okay? Never mind. I'll take a Volkswagen, 1969, that'll work, all right? As long as it drives, 
as long as I can get from point A to point B. Okay, God, you know what? Never mind. I don't I don't need this big mansion. Listen, just give me the apartment. All right. How about this? How about this apartment over here? Can we just have that? What we what are we doing to ourselves? We're compromising. Okay, God, you know what? Never mind. I don't I don't care if I if she's beautiful. Just, you know, can she just be nice? Why can't she be beautiful and nice? Why can't he be handsome and have money and be nice and treat you well? Why can't you have all of those things? Because we don't think, number one, that we're worthy and we don't think that we can have everything that we desire. So Neville is telling us something different. So he feels that he will be satisfied with less than his basic desire. Then he might have a better chance of realizing it. In doing so, he takes from the word of God individuals and nations alike are constantly violating this law of their basic desire by plotting and planning the realization of their ambitions. They thereby add to the word of prophecy or they compromise with their ideals, thus taking from the word of God. The inevitable result is death and plagues or failure and frustration as promised for such violations. And so we wonder why our lives are wicky-wacky. All right, just saying. God speaks to man only through the medium of his basic desires. Now, remember when we did the name of God, right? Jod, hey, vow, hey. And we talked about... Um, the first part is the I am, and the second part, you all remember that, right? And if you didn't, you need to go back and reread that, that first part or listen to the first video, The Name of God. God speaks to man only through the medium of his desires. Your desires are determined by your conception of yourself. Of themselves, they are neither good or evil. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Christ Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself but to him that seeth anything to be unclean to him it is unclean. So basically what that is saying, if you think that eating meat is unclean, well then it will be unclean to you and you'll probably get sick. If you think that drinking milk is unclean, if you think that having sex is unclean, whatever you think is bad or evil, then it will be so. Because as a man thinketh, as a woman thinketh, so shall it become. That's in the Bible. That's in the New Testament. As you think, so you become. So if you think that it's evil, you think that eating meat is evil, it's going to be evil. It's going to make you sick. It's just a, that's just how it's going to work. So thinking makes it so. Linda says, I've compromised my plans before. Me too. Barb says, nothing is, is neither good nor bad. Thinking makes it so. Yeah, Shakespeare. It's also in the Bible. <laughs> um, let's see. Where are we? Okay. 
Your desires are the natural and automatic result of your present conception of yourself. God, your unconditioned consciousness is impersonal and no respecter of persons. This is why people get upset when something good happens to somebody that we consider to be evil. Because God, it's a hard concept to accept, is no respecter of persons. If you think about the sun, the sun rises and sets on everybody, right? It doesn't say, oh, Sydney, you did this terrible thing today. No sunrise for you, okay? No, you're not getting sun. No, the sun rises and sets for everyone. Now, what you create, what you think, how you feel, what you do in your experience, that's on you. Your unconditioned consciousness, God, gives to your conditioned consciousness, man or woman, through the medium of your basic desires, that which your, your conditioned state, your present conception of yourself believes it needs. As long as you remain in your present conscious state, so long will you continue desiring that which you now desire. Change your conception of yourself and you will automatically change the nature of your desires. Desires are a state of consciousness seeking, seeking embodiment. Did we get that? Desires are a state of consciousness seeking embodiment. That means they're seeking life, right? So the desires are states of consciousness. And when we move from one state to the next in our imagination, we change what we experience in our own reality. Like the world could be falling around and falling around around you Everybody's screaming, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And you stay in your center and in your calmness. You could have joy. You could experience everything that you want to experience. Abundance, love, peace, joy, happiness. That is the truth. Desires are states of consciousness seeking embodiment. They are formed by man's consciousness and can easily be expressed by the man who has conceived them. Desires are expressed when the man who has conceived them assumes the attitude of mind that would be his if the states desired were already expressed. So the desires expressed when man who has conceived them, you, you've conceived this, whatever the desire is, I don't care what it is. I don't care, it's not my business, I don't care. But whatever you decide the desire is, whatever your conception is, if you assume the attitude that it's already done, you stay that in that state, you stay in that state, as we talked about last time we did Neville with the Leviticus and the two birds and the whole nine, focus your attention on the what it is that you want to be, do, and have, stay there as much as possible in a way that you have no way of figuring out it will come to pass. So that's why Neville talks about going to the end. 
what would it feel like? What would you feel like if this thing already happened? It already transpired. It already is true. What would you feel like? Feeling is the secret. Feeling is the secret to creating or manifesting. Now become, because desires, regardless of their nature, can be so easily expressed by fixed attitudes of mind, a word of warning must be given to those who have not yet realized the oneness of life and who do not know the fundamental truth that consciousness is God, the one and only reality. This warning was given to man in the famous golden rule, do unto others that which you would have them do unto you. You may desire something for yourself or you may desire for another. If your desire concerns another, make sure that the thing desired is acceptable to the other person. The reason for this warning is that your consciousness is God, the giver of all gifts. Therefore, that which you feel and believe to be true of another is a gift you have given him. The gift that is not accepted. We talked about this in the I am discourses. The gift that is not accepted gets what? gets returned to the sender. So if you're sending out something that I can't accept about myself, if you're saying, well, you know what? That's Sydney. She gets on my nerves. Okay? I hope that she just shrivels up in a ball and starts crying or whatever, you know. She dies. She leaves the planet. I can't accept that. I'm not accepting that. How about that? And so what happens is, guess what? Because I'm not accepting your wicky-wacky gift that you decided to give to me. It gets returned back to you, to the sender. Because the universe does not waste energy. It doesn't waste anything. So that's why you got to be mindful of your thoughts. Sometimes we do go off on a wicky-wacky tangent. And we say things and we think things about people. We send stuff out. And then you catch yourself, call on the law of forgiveness, reel it back in, transmute it, change it around. So nobody gets, nobody gets it. You change it to love and you send out love. That's why it's, it's, I said this last, I said this on Sunday and some of you probably think I'm crazy, but if you send out love to people, you know, that, that person in the in the White House, because I'm still working on that. If he doesn't accept it, guess what? It gets returned to you. But we can transmute what's happening by sending out love from your heart center. Infinite love. What is that? Infinite love and wisdom. Infinite love. That's what people do, I, I think, when they die. So you put it on your heart center infinite love. Desires are states of consciousness. Susan says, desires are states of consciousness seeking embodiment. Assume the attitude. Yes, so, so deep. It is. 
Okay, so let's get back to the reading. The gift that is not accepted returns to the giver. Be very sure then that you would love, then be very sure then that you would love to possess the gift yourself if you fix a belief within yourself as true of another and he does not accept this state as true. So if you're sending out wiki-wacky energy to somebody, make sure that what you're sending out, you're willing to accept back for yourself. Because if the person doesn't accept it, it's coming right back. It's coming right back to you. It's like a boomerang. I don't want that. Thank you for your gift, but I'm not I'm not taking it. Thank you. And then guess what? It comes right back here. Pow! Knocks you out. You get sick or whatever. Your husband leaves you. Your wife leaves you. You, you lose your job. You know, you would say, I wish she would get fired. Now she says, I'm not accepting that. And the next thing you know, you're the one that's gone. So be mindful of what you're sending out into the into the ethers, into the universe. Always hear and accept as true of others that which you would desire for yourself. In so doing, you are building heaven on earth. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you is based upon this law. Only accept such states as true of others that you would willingly accept as true of yourself that you may constantly create heaven on earth. Your heaven is defined, is defined by the state of consciousness in which you live. Which state is made up of all that you accept as true of yourself and true of others? Your immediate environment is defined by your own conception of yourself plus your convictions regarding others, which, would, which have not been accepted by them. Think about that, that's deep. Your immediate environment is defined by your own conception of yourself plus plus your convictions regarding others which have not been accepted by them. So you have your own stuff, right? What you have the conception of yourself and then all of the stuff that you sent out to other people that they didn't accept, that they said, you know what? No, see, your higher self said, ping. Nope, we're not taking that. Thank you for the gift, but we're not taking that. Return to sender, send it back to Sydney. Everything that I'm experiencing right now is a conception of myself plus everything that I have sent out to others and has come back to me because they said, no, they don't want the gift. So I'm just saying, it might behoove you to figure out what it is that you're sending out to other people. Think about it. Your whole experience 
is what you have, your conception of yourself and what you sent out to everybody else. All the wiki wacky that you sent out to everybody else that said, no, thank you, but no, I don't want it. It came back to you. You can change that right now. You can change that today. You can change it. I'm not saying that you should sit down and go, you know, and lament now and say, oh, my God, I sent that out to so-and-so and I did this. And I Forgive yourself. Let it go. Move on. Start today. Figure it out. Work it out. You can change the, you can change the traje trajectory of your thoughts today, this moment, tonight. Your conception of another, which is not his conception of himself, is a gift returned to you. So even if you're sending out love, joy, and happiness, and that person can't accept that gift, that gift gets returned to you. Nothing is wasted in the universe. Nothing is wasted energy. You know, a lot of times we'll say, oh, I wasted my energy on that person. I wasted my love. I wasted my time. I wasted. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. That energy, if that person is not accepting it, it doesn't want to accept it, it comes back to you. If it was sent in love, true, true love, true joy in the spirit of, you know, the higher self, if it was sent out like that, it comes back to you. That's why I know when people help me, I tell people this all the time. I say, you know what? If you help me, when you help me, guess what? I'm telling you, it always works. Anybody that's ever helped me with anything always gets something back in some form of fashion that's better than what they gave me. Be it money, be it time, be it friendship, whatever. Always, always, always. I have watched this happen even before I started listening to Neville, before I started working with Neville. I, it, it never fails. Some sort of miracle will happen for that person. I don't know why. I don't know why that works, but it always does. Always. And when they send me wiki wacky, you know, like, like if they're talking about me, I don't even have to be in the room. I know, I feel it. And it always, the truth always gets revealed, always comes to light. And something that that they don't like always befalls them when they try to send me stuff that I'm I'm not accepting. Always happens. So rec suggestions like propaganda are boomerangs unless they are accepted by those to whom they are sent. So your world is a gift you have given to yourself. The nature of the gift is determined by your conception of yourself plus the unaccepted gifts you offered others. Make no mistake about this. Law is no respecter of persons. Discover the law of self-expression and live by it. Then you will be free. With this understanding of the law, define your desire, know exactly what you want, make certain that it is desirable and acceptable. 
The wise and disciplined man sees no barrier to the realization of his desires. He sees nothing to destroy. With a fixed attitude of mind, he recognizes that the thing desired is already fully expressed, for he knows that a fixed subjective state has ways and means of expressing itself of which no man knows. Before they ask, I have answered. I have always, I have ways ye know not of. My ways are past finding out. That's in the Bible. It's in your scriptures. The middle. The undisciplined man on, or woman, on the other hand, constantly sees opposition to the fulfillment of his desire. And because of this frustration, he forms desires of destruction, which he firmly believes must be expressed before his basic desire can be realized. When man discovers this law of one consciousness, of one consciousness, he will understand the great wisdom of the golden rule. And so he will live by it and prove to himself that the kingdom of heaven is on earth. You will realize why you should do unto others that which you would have them do unto you. You will know why you should live by this golden rule because you will discover that it is just good common sense to do so. Since the rule is based upon God, based upon life's changeless law and is no respecter of persons, the sun rises and sets on everybody. Consciousness is the one and only reality. The world and all within it are states of consciousness objectified. Einstein said that. I was watching a show the other night, which we're going to talk about after we finish this. But I was watching a show the other night um, on Gaia TV, and they were talking about Einstein, and he was saying that time is just states of consciousness that we move in and out of. When he talked about the theory of relativity and time. Consciousness is the one and only reality. The world and all within it are states of consciousness objectified. That means that states of consciousness that have manifested, that's it, that have come into our reality. Your world is defined by your conception of yourself plus your conception of others, which are not their conceptions of themselves. So if, again, if somebody you're sending out love, you're sending out abundance thoughts to somebody, and that's not their conception of themselves, it comes back to you. So it's good to spend. Where are you spending? How are you spending your attention? How are you giving your attention out? How are you doing that? Are you, are you wishing wicky-wacky on another person? Because if they can't accept it, it's coming back. It's coming right back to you. It's like, hi, that's it. I'm back. Susan didn't want that from you, so I came back. She 
said no. Return to center. The story of the Passover is to help you turn your back on the limitations of the presence and pass over onto into a better and freer state. Pass over. The suggestion to follow the man with the picture pitcher of water was given to the disciples to guide them to the last supper or the feast of the Passover. The man with the pitcher of water is the 11th disciple, Simon of Canaan. The disciplined quality of mind, which hears only dignified, noble, and kindly states. The mind that is disciplined to hear only the good feasts upon good states and so embodies the good on earth. If you, too, would attend the Last Supper, the great feast of the Passover, then follow this man, assume this attitude of mind symbolized as the man with the pitcher of water, and you will live in a world that is really heaven on earth. The feast of the Passover is the secret of changing your consciousness. You turn your attention from your present conception of yourself and assume the consciousness of being that which you want to be, thereby passing from one state to another. And that's the end of Desire is the Word of God for tonight. I want to share with you something that happened to me, and then I'll tell you about the movie that I watched so you guys can watch it too. I don't get no money from it. You know, they don't. And I don't get no money from recommending spiritual growth. I just want to say that. This is not like, you know, a public announcement. But you should read this book if you haven't. Get it. I'll put it in the link. I'll put the link in the description below so you can have it. Um, and all of the books that we are reading are in the description below. The links are in the description below. Resurrection, you can purchase that. I am Discourses. But you know, guys, I've been staying in my I am consciousness. I've been I've been doing that. I've been making it more and more, staying in it for an hour a day, writing out my I am statements, and then um, doing my meditation. And I locked myself. I was going to walk Miss Cleopatra. I was going out to walk Miss Cleopatra. And my keys, they hang up on the on the on the wall here by the door, by the front door, because my front door is right over there. So I have my keys. My key, I see them. I'm looking at them, looking right at them. I put the leash on Miss Cleopatra, and then I walk out the door. Now, usually, I don't lock it until I'm I got everything. I don't know what I was thinking, but there's no coincidences in the universe. So I pulled the door shut. Immediately, I'm going, oh, my God, I locked myself out because I didn't grab my keys. The reason why they're by the door is so that I can remember to grab them. I didn't grab them. So I usually, um, I have a little secret place that I put um, a little uh, credit card, right, outside my apartment so that I can pop it open because I know how to pop it open. I was like, okay, thank God I have that. I learned my lesson. So I went and I got it, right? Because it's morning, nobody's around, nobody neighbors, there's nobody around, everybody's gone. I'm the only one in the building. 
And if I walk out the building, I won't be able to get back in the building. And Cleopatra has to go. So she's like all nervous. She's barking, she's carrying on, she's making all kinds of noise. Cause she has to go to the bathroom. So I try to open up the door. I'm Jimmy in the door. I'm. J it's not working. It's not working. I'm saying, oh my God, oh my God. The bird is in the apartment. She's out flying around cause she's having her breakfast. I let her fly around in the morning like go walk Cleopatra. So now I'm in a bit of a panic. I'm like, oh my God, I can't get back in the house. <laughs> panic, fear, panic. I keep trying the door, I keep trying the door. Cleopatra's having a, you know, she's barking in the hallway, carrying on like, where, where are we going? When, when are we going out? What are you doing, ma? So I'm still Jimmy in the door. It's not working. It's not popping. I'm like, oh my God, why isn't this working? What is happening, God? What is happening right now? What are you doing? <laughs> so then this is like 15, 20 minutes, right? So then I go, okay, 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 okay. I'm sweating. Like my hands are sweating. I'm sweating in the hallway because I'm nervous. I said, all right, okay. What are you doing? What are you doing, Sid? Peace, calm, calm, poise, and unbothered. You're calm. Focus on what it is that you want right now in this moment. What do you want? Okay, I want the door to open. Okay. Take a deep breath. So I took a deep breath. Focus my attention. And I just said, thank you, I am. As soon as I said, thank you, I am, the door popped open. That is true. So my takeaway from that is we often lock ourselves out from our own abundance, from our own comfort, from our own things, our own desires. My desire was to be, you know, to have the door open and to you know, get into my apartment, get into my things where I, where I live. But we often lock ourselves out. And then we panic because the thing that we want to be, do, and have isn't coming. But if you get focused, you get calm because fear and panic is, is not a manifesting energy. You get calm and you get focused and you stay with your I am and you say, thank you. Because I imagined the door popping open. I said, what do I want? I want the door open. I went to the end. I didn't know how it was going to work. I said, thank you, I am. Pop, door popped open. So whatever it is that you want to be, do and have, imagine it, stay focused, imagine it, go to the end. What would it feel like if I had this thing right now? How would I feel if I had this thing right now? How would I feel? Thank you. Thank you, I am. That's it. Very simple. So if you can't do everything else, you can't get, you can't understand, you know, the the, the other techniques. This is a simple one. But here's the here's the key. Signs do not. Um, signs do not proceed, they follow. They follow the work that you've been doing. Whatever the work it is that you've been doing within your own wonderful human imagination, those things start to show up. The signs, the driftwood starts to show up 
after you do the work. So if you're looking for a sign, you better go in there and get in your imagination and do some work. So the movie that I watched, the movie that I watched is called UFO. Has anybody seen a UFO? I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed right now. Has anybody seen a UFO? I have twice. So the movie that I watched is called UFO, the, um, what time is it? Okay, we've got a couple more minutes. UFO, the uh, greatest story ever denied. Check it out. I'm telling you, just check it out. I want you all to check it out. You can find it on Gaia TV, G-A-I-G-A-I-A, or you can find it on YouTube. Somebody put they, they put the movie on YouTube. It came out in 2016. If you've never seen it, I encourage you to watch it. Just, I'm not going to tell you what it's about. Just watch it. Just watch it. That's all I'm going to say. So I want to um, also let you know. So we read tonight, Neville Goddard, Resurrection, Desire the Word of God, Manifesting Secrets of the Bible, Part 6. That's what we did. So next week next wednesday will be in the i am discourses again and we're doing chapter 17. so this week was neville guarded resurrection i forgot to put that up so that's why i'm putting it up now <laughs> and um katrina taylor she created a fundraiser which is for the indigo room support the build for the indigo room you can donate if you like through the build through that you can donate through our cash app, which is the Indigo Room, or through PayPal. But our website is up, and you can visit the indigoroom.org. I'm still working on it, still putting things in there. Linda's working on it. it. was created by Linda, Linda Patrick, our techie, house techie. Thank you, Linda. We love you. And um, if you want to subscribe to the channel, you can click the Indigo Room logo. It's on the right-hand corner. It'll pop up once this video is over. It's, it's in the right-hand corner. It says the Indigo Room. You can um, subscribe that way. Or if you're right now listening and you're new and you'd like to subscribe, hit the bell that's right above or right below this video on your phone or wherever you are listening to the show tonight. Just hit the bell, ring the bell, and subscribe. We would love you. Listen, we need to get to 1,000 subscribers, yo. Help a sister out. Share the video. Let people know that you are part of the Indigo Room. Okay? Tell them to come join us so we can send them love and infinite wisdom. If you're interested in a coaching session with me, please email me at theindigoroom2 at gmail.com and we'll discuss all the technicalities about that. I am an I am consciousness, imagination, intuition coach, and I can help you. Focus with your imagination. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the links are in the channel banner right above, up, up at the top. And again, like I said, our website is open, and that's all the announcements I have for tonight. Oh, wait, not, that's not it. We do have to recognize our Indigo Room donors. One of our donors is Kimberly Hogan Lee. We want to say thank you to you for donating to the Indigo Room fundraiser. The, the no the the movie the movie is called UFO the greatest story ever um yeah ever denied you're right sorry you're right UFO the greatest story ever denied 
Will I be doing a show this Sunday? Yes. Yes, I will be doing a show this Sunday. Linda, thank you very much. See, I love Linda. This is why she's my moderator. <laughs> she always reminds me of stuff I forget to say. Um, we'll be here at 11 o'clock a.m. on Sunday. I'm not sure what the topic is yet. I'm waiting for spirit to, you know, beam something down to me like they usually do. And um, last week we talked about the Amazon fires and the wildfires that are happening worldwide. If you're not aware of it, do check out the video um, about the Amazon fires and what Gaia is saying to us, what Mother Earth is saying to us to wake up, wake up to love. And she's doing a cleansing. She's going through a cleansing. And we talk about that over on, on that particular episode that we did on Sunday. And I would encourage you all to check it out because some of us are living in fear. And I want you to not be in fear about what's happening right now. But I do want you all, it's very important because we're shifting. Our en the energies are shifting on the planet. I would like for you all to start, if you haven't already, to move into the love zone. Start cleansing. You got you to gotta get it done. You, you, there's no more time for you to waste. Start getting into um, clearing out the energies, clearing out the wiki-wacky, getting rid of it, going to your meditation, ask your higher self, your guides to help you to let go of anything that you may be harboring about another person or about yourself. You have a, not trying to give you panic and fear, but you have a short window, okay? We're moving. The train is moving. We're moving out of 3D into 4D and 5D. In your, you know, in your, in your awareness. So I want all of us to be able to move together, right? Move the train together. So in love and in peace and in harmony. So you got to get in there. Gaia has given us, Mother Earth has given us messages. Wake up. If you're not awake, if you're still sleepy, still rubbing your eyes, wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. And um, wake up to love. That's important. Yes, we will. Anybody else have anything else they want to share before we roll up out of here? I did it. I managed to do it under an hour tonight. <laughs> Woo! I don't know how, but we did. We even with me so much talking. Does anybody else have anything else they want to share before we leave? Any other announcements? Help Rosalie is welcome. Welcome Rosalie to the to the planet. We we're sending love to you again, um, Barb, and your beautiful new grandbaby. My sister Susan is getting ready to take a trip to Switzerland tomorrow, so we're going to send her love and energies and travel mercies, and you know surround her with um, a delicious trip. She's going to have a wonderful trip, and I thank you so much, Susan, for being my sister and being in my life. And I hope you I hope you have fun. Well, I know you're gonna have fun. I'm I'm not saying I hope you have fun. You're gonna have fun. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be a great trip. Um, just a big thank you again. Okay, Barb. Well, I do want to thank you all for joining me here in the Indigo Room tonight. And remember who you are. Remember that you are source energy right here in a physical body. Remember that you can be 
do and have anything you desire. And remember, it's not being extraordinary that makes you unique. It's your uniqueness that makes you extraordinary. And I want to thank you for joining us on the live. If you're looking, if you're new to the, to the Indigo Room, please hit the subscribe button. And there are videos that are going to pop up, one right, well, one right over here, one right here, and then another one probably over there. I don't know, over here, over there. But just look at the videos that's going to pop up. And then you can hit the icon to ring the bell to, um, to subscribe. But um, we have a great plethora of videos. So the I Am Discourses, Neville Resurrection, they'll pop up on the screen. Check them out. Hang out with us again on Sunday at 11 a.m. That's 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern time. So I'll see you on Sunday. I love you all. Thank you, Linda. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.